when the storm sirens go off. You ready to get yourself and your family down your storm shelter? Nah, man, not me. I opened up mine the other day. Grass clippings, dead spiders, a couple live spiders, a dead scorpion, live crickets were down there. Why would I have my wife and my family go down to that storm shelter? Can't even keep it clean. So what I decided to do, I called up stormcheck.team. They team up with local veterans to keep your storm shelter safe and clean. They offer their signature five point service, which includes they get down there, they vacuum, they clean those dead spires, grass clippings, live spires, gone. It's sanitized, it's deodorized. They give you fresh water supply, install it, motion sensor LED light. How brilliant is that? And they ensure that your shelter location is registered with your local emergency management office in your respective city, state, and town. Freaking brilliant. For the premium subscriber, you get to see them twice a year and you get a first aid kit. Give them a visit on their website, www.stormcheck.team. Get to know them. They're awesome. They're undefeated, just like your storm shelter will be. That's www.stormcheck.team. Stop being afraid of your storm shelter. Give them a call. Welcome back to the undefeated, unscripted, defining moments podcast. My name is Wong Lam. I'm joined alongside today, my wife, Margie Lamb. Beautiful. And <laughs> yeah. today's extremely special guest, the vice president of Cedars Commercial Real Estate and Development. And we also hear she is running for mayor of Oklahoma City. Carol Heffner, welcome to the podcast. It is such a pleasure to be here. Thank <laughs> yeah. you for having me. I appreciate that. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you. Before we start, we have a swag bag and our bag of our favorite coffee. Well, goodness, that is a real perk. Yeah. Gas station Just coffee. Just for showing up. Just huh? for showing up. Wow. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. That's very kind. Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. I can't wait to delve into that. <laughs> but right now, let's get to some conversation. Right? Let's get to this conversation. Yeah. How's your morning been? It's been fantastic. Start very early these days. Yeah. Got up about 545 and hit the ground running and have already been to a big breakfast and made the announcement there because I filed yesterday, as you know, yeah. for Oklahoma City Mayor for my candidacy. And I look forward to serving this city. Awesome. Um, I was born here and I was raised here. And I'm, we're six generations of investment in Oklahoma City. Right. And I've got my kids here that are all grown and raised. And they're all very doing very, very well in their own right. And then I've got 10 grandkids. So it wow. is very important that the future looks bright in this city. And we've got a lot of work to do. I love it. Absolutely. I, I feel the energy. Mari, mm -hmm. you probably feel the energy, mm -hmm. too. So what are some of your morning habits that get you started? Oh, my goodness. Well, I've got a precious husband. My husband, Robert, who is really good about making coffee and getting me going. And, you know, honestly, I'm a high energy person. Yeah. So up until just recently, I haven't been a big coffee drinker. But because the pace is picking up and I'm still having to run business and I'm still having to do family and adding this in, which I'm juggling all of them just great. Plus, I am a commissioner on the Oklahoma Commission for the Status of Women, and I'm handling and chairing the upcoming Oklahoma Women's Hall of Fame for the entire state. So I've got a number of things on my plate, all easily manageable, but it takes a little bit of coffee. So when I get up in the morning, <laughs> I mean, it's just take care of the dogs, get the bed made, and yes, I make my bed every morning. I like it. So great yeah, habit. If you can get that task going, it gets you set <laughs> and it just sets your feet on the right path. It's, it seems like a small thing and some people don't get it, but it works for me. Yeah. Yeah. Tom George is one of our good friends. Mm -hmm. uh, he's like a brother to me. And me so, too. Yeah. It, what? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've known Tom for years. Yeah. So yeah. he made the connection and he shot me a video last week of your ad that you're running for mayor. Yes. And you, I feel, the people who have backed you have at least 20 to 23 years average military experience. What's so special to you about the military? We just pulled those three, actually, that are that are uh, retired military, but there are a number of active military and a number more of retired military, Greg Slavonic and Admiral, number of others. Uh, it is very special to me because I have two sons-in-law. I'm actually a blue star mom. Hmm. Wow. And I did that. I got involved on behalf of my sons-in-law, one Air Force, one Navy. And I understand the unique challenges because my daughter was wife to or is wife to 
um, servicemen mm-hmm. retired. And so she understands she's had to move. She's moved to uh, Hawaii. We had to help with that with little kids in tow. And I know the service, not just from the member, but from the entire family. That's why yesterday Pearl Harbor was so important. I think people, you know, they want to look toward those people that have served, but they forget that in the background, there are a number of other people supporting those people. Mm-hmm. And they hurt as deeply when somebody is lost. They hurt as deeply when somebody has gone on deployment. And I understand that unique challenge. Right. So um, when it comes to the military, that is what established this nation. Those people's sacrifice is so important to who we are in the fabric of America, the fabric of our states, and the fabrics of our communities. And the people that are still here that have either retired or their families who have lost a member, those people still devote their time and their energies to making sure that America is safe. And I appreciate them very much. Yeah, absolutely. We talk about the military. We talk about law enforcement. I've noticed, uh, I've read in the articles lately that the law enforcement community especially oklahoma city police officers have been ambushed a lot more in the last two three years than they have ever in quite a while Mm -hmm. what are your what are your thoughts on that well i was with tommy johnson this morning as a matter of fact talking about the sheriff's department and the and the morale and and what they feel that's palpable coming from the the liberal media coming from the community that buys into liberal media dribble and these people are under siege they need to step up and be able to step into their role and serve our communities knowing that they have the confidence of the people behind them because they are here to protect our not only our family and our homes, but our businesses too. Mm -hmm. So we can only be effective as a community with a strong law enforcement. And that police, fire included, um, and also our sheriff's departments, all of them, and and our highway patrol, all of them deserve better treatment than they're getting now. They deserve better equipment. They deserve more positive, encouraging encouraging, uh, messaging. And they're going to get that from me. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Throughout... Because I, I was born in Edmond, Oklahoma, yep. and my parents came over literally off of a boat in 1975. Where did they come from? From Vietnam. Okay. And we backed the military 110% too, because without the military, my parents wouldn't be here. Without oh, yeah. the United States, freedom, obviously, we wouldn't be here. Yes. Well, let so, me go back to that, because yeah. being from Vietnam, you guys are close to that motherland, if you will. And yeah. so you understand what communism looks like. Correct. And it is devastating. It's devastating to communities. Socialism, communism, they're of the same flavor. And that actually is very detrimental to the fabric of families, life, the ability to earn a living, the ability to reach your dreams. There are no dreams. They squash dreams. And currently, we've got a mayor who is spending time in Portland. He's been to Seattle. He's been to L.A. He's been to Sacramento, San Francisco. And he's all about them. And he loves Biden. And he's all about bringing Biden's agenda into Oklahoma City. Those are dream killers. Mm -hmm. Those are law enforcement killers. Those are things that we don't want to look like them. We're Oklahoma City. We're free, we're open, and we want to stay that way. So, but my family on my father's side is from Lebanon. Okay. And we came over three generations ago in the early 1900s to escape Muslim persecution. Wow. So we came over legally through Ellis Island. We did not take charity. As a matter of fact, my family lived on dirt floors. And they lived up in near the panhandle of Oklahoma is where they settled. And so our family, it's trickled down that strong work ethic, understanding of the gifts and the the precious freedom that you have in America, building business, working hard, that is who we are, that is who I am. And I don't take that for granted for one second. Right. Love that. That's awesome. What has 2020 last year Mm. taught you? 2020, I will tell you, a lot of people just say, oh, it was horrible, it was terrible. We are blessed to have a large family. And we, I really believe in family first. I mean, it's God, family, and country in yeah. everything that I do. And I've lived it out all of my life. And now at 60 years old, yes, I'm 60. It actually happened. You know, never <laughs> think it's going to happen to you, but yeah. it does. And, uh, you know, looking back on 2020, we really pulled together and we had some very special moments as family. We still get together regularly. I always make a dinner at least once a week. I make it a point to pull everybody in, get them all over to the house. And we're talking 20 plus people with kids included. It's a lot of people all the time. And it's my joy because I still cook and I don't want to lose that talent and that ability because it is very much a labor of love with my family. And it's passed down and all of my kids, including my son, Robert 
cook. Yeah. They know how. Yeah. And that is a life skill that everybody should know, I feel like. But yeah. uh, getting everybody together, at least it was more frequently in 2020. And sure. we didn't miss a beat. Um, it was it was actually a blessing. And there was teaching going on in my children's lives for Mm -hmm. their kids and it got to be a little tough so i would sometimes step in and help with that which was really great yeah and there were just a lot of terrific moments through that i do understand that a lot of people don't have family like that Mm -hmm. and so it was very isolating and i think that was completely unreasonable completely nonsensical the fact of the matter is you know we had ebola do we have lockdowns we had sars do we have lockdowns We made people stay home, stay out of schools. For what reason? Actually, it had a detrimental effect on people's mental stability, Mm -hmm. on their expectations for their lives, their dreams, as we stated before. Many people lost their jobs, lost their businesses. They were isolated from their families. Some people even lost family members that they never got to actively see. It is a travesty and a terrible, terrible tragedy for our communities. It had no place in Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that that continues to be pushed by Mayor Holt, who I often refer to as de Blasio Holt, <laughs> you know, that New York style is not welcome here and it doesn't work for our community. So to my mind, that should never happen again. And I will do everything in my power to make sure we do not have mandates or lockdowns for any reason in this in this city. We are a nation built on liberty, Mm. individual rights, individual liberties, and it should remain so. And that filters down to everything in our lives. I loved how you described how important cooking a family meal is to you. So um, because I'm a cook, too, I'm I'm curious what your favorite dish is to make. Oh, my gosh. I have so many. There's one in the winter. It's kind of heavy, but it's a German dish and it's called Rouladen. And it's a rolled meat with all sorts of things inside, Mm. you know, and then and then you wrap it with bacon. Of course, bacon makes everything (laughs) right. right? And then on the Lebanese side, I love to make um, there's a thing called Mjadra. And for Lebanese people or Middle Eastern, they'll know what that is. It's kind of a rice and lentil pilaf with burnt onions. And it's fantastic. Mm -hmm. And you you pair it with a solita, which is a lemon-based salad. And it's just incredible. And then I also like to make a chili with a product that we've produced called galamaro sauce. Mm. And it's an Argentine recipe that my husband discovered when he lived with Argentine people over a summer. And they use it on all of their meats and their grilling. And but it's great in a chili. So we sell that at Uptown in case shameless plug in case anybody <laughs> wants to go to the meat house in Edmond or to Uptown Grocery and pick it up there. Uh, so, I think we but, will because we were just talking about chili, how, you know, this cold weather gets you kind of a bottle in my car. I'll bring it in. Oh, my God. We would love it. it. Yes. Wow. Yes. We but, were um, talking about yeah, that. there are all sorts of dishes that I make. I mean, yeah. I make, you know, my husband loves to grill. So that's always nice because then I can make sides, baked cabbage, baked cauliflower, things like that, you know, super healthy. Um, but yeah, and then as winter comes, everyone kind of eats bigger and better. And of course, Thanksgiving dinner was huge at our house. We had almost 30 people. So it was really fun. So we're going to do it again in Christmas. So when you become the mayor of Oklahoma City, your yeah. victory meal, you're going to have us over and coach George. <laughs> you know, and... I might have to teach <laughs> the different Jesus House, um, the Homeless Alliance, all of those city rescue mission, yeah. how to cook one of these dishes. That's awesome. Yeah. Because honestly, rice and lentils is a great way to feed people. It's got a lot of protein and it fills you up. Well, you know, rice is a great staple. Yeah. So um, I think it's, <laughs> yeah. that's, right. that's what we do in all these other countries. Right. And so yeah. it makes sense yeah. that, you know, Americans should tap into that. Exactly. But um, yeah, I'd love to teach them a dish. It would be fun. Yeah, it would be fun. Fine. Yeah, how so you're running for mayor. There's going to yes. be negativity. Social media can be a Absolutely. very toxic place. How do you deal with negativity? You know what? I don't worry about it. I'm a, just my nature. I'm a very optimistic person. Mm-hmm. And I know that my messaging is right on track because I understand the people of my city. Like I said, it's where I was born and raised all of my life. And they come to me frequently because I've been in leadership positions for the past 38, 39 years. I've worked on numerous boards, commissions, committees. And so people regularly come and talk to me about what's on their mind. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just not lost on me that that I know that what they are wanting. And, you know, it has to do with strong law enforcement. They're sick of seeing a Portland style, you know, marches and riots. We don't need that in Oklahoma City. And we certainly don't need a mayor that marches with them, which is what we've had. Mm. So um, there's that. But there's also roads. We've got deteriorating roads all the way around Oklahoma City in pockets that get ignored in this Mm -hmm. city. And those people are part of this city, too. They deserve the services. 
we need to come up with a comprehensive road program and the way to get to move that forward and keep it continually maintained and doing it right so that we don't miss out on connecting people to the urban core. Mm -hmm. And our urban core is doing just fine. We've built that just beautifully. We can lay off for a little bit and help the out, outlying areas and they need the attention. Mm -hmm. So yeah, and CRT. Even though I don't have control over education as a mayor, I will tell you that critical race theory now being labeled as SEL has no place in our schools. Our children suffer and it doesn't matter which end of the spectrum they're on to tell a child that they're responsible or to tell another child that they're a victim. It squishes dreams on both sides. That needs to be out of the program. We don't need to be teaching that. Actually, we have seen that our standardized tests have gone down in Oklahoma and we're already not doing well to begin with. Right. So we need to be teaching strongly the things that will carry them through their life and will make them strong business holders, dream fulfillers, and job creators. And to do that, they have to understand math. They have to understand how to comprehend what they read. They have to understand sciences. Mm -hmm. And those are the things we should be teaching. And most teachers know that. It's just that they're being held to something quite different. Mm -hmm. As a woman candidate, uh, what would be your message for women in Oklahoma City? Well, it's my same message that I give to the women on the commission for the status of women. We underestimate ourselves. And I know that, you know, we're raising children. Yeah. We're, we're, we're just uniquely geared to that. That's in our innate self is to be able to nurture. Mm -hmm. And so we do that naturally. And not only do we nurture our children, but we nurture elderly mm -hmm. and we take care of our older parents typically. But we are multitaskers. We are great. It's almost like we have ADD naturally built in, which is a great <laughs> thing mm -hmm. because we can hit one thing right after the other and jump back to the first topic. And when it comes to women, we need to be able to embrace the fact that we can do these things and we can make our community stronger by stepping in and stepping out into these very viable situations. But I will say that it's not always the men that hold the women back. It's the women that hold the women back. And mm. we don't value ourselves enough. That's why when I joined the commission, I was asked, would you be willing to hold the, the state's very first Women's Hall of Fame event mm. to honor all of our past and present inductees who are powerful women in this state and do a lot for the state. And so I took that challenge on just unreservedly and I'm doing it because it's the first time I've called other states and none of them do it either. Oh, wow. So we are going to set a benchmark here. Yep. Wow. And we're going to establish a permanent exhibit and we're going to make sure that the women of our state are highlighted because we deserve to be. And that's not to eclipse the men mm -hmm. or eclipse anybody. Right. It's just to state that we have the place of prominence too. And we can all share in that because together we form a strong fabric mm -hmm. and it's based in family. It's based in strong marriage unions. It ba It's based in strong parenting. Yeah. And so... I just say, let's go, girls. Yes. Wow. I like it. Do you have any charities that are dear to your heart? Oh, my gosh. So many. I've worked on so many. Right now, I'll, I'll just go back. Mm -hmm. um, about 28 years ago, we had a child that passed away. Mm -hmm. She was at Children's Hospital in intensive care for a number of months, six months. And during that time, we learned so much about the hospital and so much about their mission. And while she passed away, we felt compelled to help the children of our state and surrounding states because they come here to our children's hospital. And my husband, Robert, and I founded first the Aaliyah Hefner Memorial Foundation. And through that, we springboarded just in like two years into establishing a fellowship at Children's Hospital that brings in the top specialists mm -hmm. from all over the United States to teach to our medical students and to also work with the kids who have that unique specialty that they're needing to be served with. So we do that. And um, I still sit on the board of advocates for the hospital. So I do love Children's Hospital uniquely. I like a lot of children's uh, focused, um, I guess, charities because that is where it really begins. You can intervene with adults, but you're kind of fighting a hard battle because they're, they've are they already established their various different Habits proclivities or, yeah, and habits. Yeah, mm -hmm. 
So now, you know, if you can get a hold of the kids early on, you could do all sorts of things. One that is very special right now, I sit on the board of Little Light Christian Ministries, and that is a school here that's privately funded, and it's for children of incarcerated parents. Mm -hmm. And it is magnificent what we see with those kids. We focus in from a Christ-centered position, and we help them to realize who they are and whose they are, and we give them strong academics. And the teacher-to-student ratio is so magnificent, and these kids just glean so much. But the cool thing is we're breaking the cycle of incarceration. Mm. If we can do that in this generation through programs like this, it sets us in a great position as a state to not be leading in these incarceration models. It's, I mean, it's a terrible statistic for us. Mm -hmm. And this is one way that we can help that. So that one is very special to me. And then there's like Cavett Kids that works with the children at Children's Hospital that have uh, terminal illnesses or chronic illnesses and lets them feel normal for a bit, sends them to camps Mm -hmm. and opens up their world and their possibilities for their future too. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I've been on Juvenile Diabetes Foundation International, um, I've been with Big Brothers Big Sisters. I've done so many things. Uh, Meadows Center for Opportunity for adults who are challenged. They've got um, all sorts of other things. But it's it's really important to really focus in, like I said, on the kids. Mm. And the kids are where our future is. And if we can put them on a path to success, then we've got a winning combination for our communities. Love it. Yep. Wow. I did. I, no, I, I love you it. Asked. Yeah, that's, that's, awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. Do you speak other languages? I do. I speak Spanish, and I don't know what it is. But when I was a small child, my grandfather spoke Arabic to me, and mm. so and he also spoke Spanish because it was a railroad town in Winoka, Oklahoma. So they had a lot of people coming in and out. And did you know that that was the first transcontinental um, flight? stop. So they stopped there at, I think it's, they they had Wiley Post. I can't remember what it's called. Anyway, um, they had their airport there. So if you were going from New York to LA, you would stop there and refuel in Winoka, Oklahoma. So they had the Hudson house and my grandparents lived there and he spoke Spanish and Arabic and English, but I was the first grandchild that he influenced. So he spoke all three to me. So by the time I was two, I was intermingling all three of those (laughs) languages. And my parents told him to stop because they couldn't understand me. So he stopped doing that and spoke uniquely English to me. Well, I will tell you, if you speak to a baby or a young child in foreign languages, and I hope that you will do that at your house if you don't have children already. That is very, very important that you keep the Vietnamese language in your home along with English. Mm -hmm. um, Because to be multilingual is very easy. Once your brain connects and Mm -hmm. picks up other languages, it's easy to pick up others. We went to Italy a number of years ago, and it was easy for me to pick up Italian. Mm. Um, been to France. It was easy for me to pick up French. And it's just, it's it's really just a natural thing for me to understand language. I am kind of musical. That's one of my backgrounds. And I think that helps with languages, too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Si, yo hablo español frecuentemente con otras personas in Oklahoma City. And I just wish I got to do more of that. Yeah. So. That's Awesome. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Well, because, well, the, the Hispanic uh, population in Oklahoma City is pretty dense, too. It's very dense. Yeah. And, you know, they're concentrated in certain pockets, right. but we're starting to integrate more. That's great. And yeah. so those people need to be served, too. And, sure. of course, they've got demographics where they need some city services and they're not getting them. Hmm. So they need attention as well. And I intend to give it to them. Yeah. Yep. And you can speak Spanish. Sí. So that's going to help. <laughs> sí. yeah. Con los Gente, todos yeah. de los gente. Sounds good sí. to me. I just said with all the people. Oh, okay. Because yeah. <laughs> I do speak Vietnamese fluently, and thanks to my parents and my grandparents. Yeah. Maybe they, it's really yeah. important that you don't lose it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So when we have kids, we intend to yeah, pass give them the Vietnamese out to them. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, English is our primary language sure. in America, and it yeah. should be. It should be established that way. Sure. But it, you know, we are more global and people do business outside America. So we need to be able to easily and comfortably converse with them and connect with their cultures yeah. and and thereby make a big difference for ourselves here in America and with our businesses here. Yeah. Yep. You use the word culture. So yes. my question is, what do you think or what do you feel like the culture of Oklahoma City is now versus what it was maybe even 10 years ago. Is it different? Sure. And I think that that's healthy. I think it's good to have a culture that's more diverse. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that that encompasses so much more technologically, innovatively, all those things. And I think that's important to growing our economy Mm -hmm. and our economic base. 
notwithstanding shutdowns and lockdowns because it locks down everybody. And so we're not going to be doing that anymore under my administration as mayor of Oklahoma City. Hmm. But I will tell you that, you know, what I've seen just in the past few years under Mayor Holt is an infusion of more of a socialist bent. And I think it's intended and I think it's been intentional. And certainly him celebrating Kamala Harris and celebrating Biden at every turn, it has been detrimental to our state um, and our city. This city emanates out into the state. We have a wide influence for everything that goes on in Oklahoma. And it and naturally so, we're the capital. Right. But I think that it has been a negative for our city over the past couple of years with him pushing so hard left. And, you know, when he first got into office, he took off and visited Portland, Sacramento, San Francisco, Seattle. It's the first thing he did. And I called him directly and said, what are you doing? And he said, well, I thought I'd see how they were handling the homeless situation. And I said, well, they're not doing a good job. <laughs> and so why would you ask them in the first place? Why not go to the conservative cities that are doing a good job or have them come look at us because we're doing a great job? Next thing you know, we have a massive influx of homeless into yeah. Oklahoma City. We're from those very cities, very ironically and hmm, coincidentally. And so now that we've got these people coming here with a one-way bus ticket specifically to Oklahoma City with $50 in their pocket, that is very telling and is not healthy and it is not helping our community. Um, Midland, Texas did a study on homeless and they estimated that $125,000 per year per homeless person is what it takes to maintain. That's police services. That's feeding, clothing, shelter, and all the other necessaries. That is not helping our community. Mm -hmm. And we didn't have it before. So our homeless are not our own citizens. Mm -hmm. There are some, but they were the people already here that we were helping. Sure. Now we've got citizens coming from other places. And that makes no sense whatsoever for them to land in Oklahoma City and depend on our goodwill and our services to maintain them. As a matter of fact, a lot of them are from other cities. They have family there. And that would be more compassionate that they be there with their families. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Wow. What, what do the energy companies in Oklahoma City mean to you and the city in general? Well, I think everybody's well aware of what the energy companies have meant to the economy of our city. And with regard to that, my husband's in that sector. He's in oil and gas. So I'm very familiar with it. But it's important for Oklahoma City not to depend on one, which we've done. We've depended on them for, for the education dollars. Yep. No one industry should be pressured with everything that a city or a state needs. That makes absolutely no sense. That's why we have to build our manufacturing. We have to build all of our others, aeronautics and aerospace, which we're doing right now. Mm -hmm. And we just need that to grow. But we've got a number of other things that can grow here. And they've been neglected because we've got all of our sites set on what now the liberals deem as an evil oil and gas or fossil fuels um, uh, industry, right. when in fact they have been the ones that have shored up our economy and they get no love. And you know what? I'm telling you right now that that's going to change under me. There are big thank yous coming their way. <laughs> well, we'd appreciate that. I work at Chesapeake, so. You do? Yeah. Well, thank you very much. My husband got, got one of his early jobs as a Chesapeake. He came from Amico okay. in Houston. He yeah. actually worked in Gabon, Africa <laughs> wow. for quite a while. Yeah, for Amico. And then came here to work for his family and springboarded over to Chesapeake, which was a terrific number of years and a great chapter in our lives. Mm -hmm. And then ended up at Continental. And now he's decided to go out on his own and he's got Envision Energy. So we're really excited about that. It's been that a great for That is awesome. Yeah. Wow, fun. What, yeah. uh, what areas is he going to be focused? Oil and gas. Well, yeah, obviously. Primarily. I mean, yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah um, turning a lot of projects. He's got some really great ones in the pipeline. Ooh, and it's exciting. been going very, very well. Well, so I love it. It's yeah. called Envision. Okay, yeah. we'll be looking for it. Okay. She's an energy I am too. So. You yes. are too. Yes. Wow. Is that yeah. how you guys met? At we met gym. at the gym. Oh, <laughs> at the gym at Chesapeake? At the yeah. gym at Chesapeake. Okay. Yeah. Well, there's a lot going on at that gym at Chesapeake. Yeah. Yeah. My parents <laughs> actually met at a gym too, which wow. was just very serendipitous that I met my husband at a gym. So, so. you had your antennas up. You're like, I'm at the gym. Yeah. Dad, <laughs> I know this works. There's work. a guy in yeah. here. This works. Yeah. Where is he? And it did work. It did work. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of health, though, like health is one of the things that's really important to me. Yep. Uh, and it's something interesting to see in Oklahoma City 
uh, that we're just not ranking up there in terms of health. Do you have any ideas about that? Or I any do. Thoughts? As a matter of fact, we've talked with our family about that. Um, I think we've mentioned before that I'm a cook, and yeah. I've been actually on Channel Four uh, with Kyle Anderson. Okay. Uh huh. And making some dishes with our Gallimaro sauce, which, by the way, is gluten free. And you know, it's important for people for to understand the health benefits of good eating. Yeah. And so, as mayor, that is a fun thing for me to do. That is definitely not a pillar of my campaign, but yeah. that would be a fun thing to do: is introduce people to really great dishes, easy dishes, inexpensive dishes, mm-hmm. but the ones that are easy to make. Because a lot of people don't feel competent in the in the kitchen but everybody's competent it's just creating and it's it can be easy and fun and there is there used to be i don't know if there still is a great television show called semi-homemade okay yeah you can take a canned good and embellish it you can do anything but there are some great ways of cooking that would incorporate all sorts of easy dishes and sure i'd like to step out and help people to understand how they can eat more healthy yeah yeah that'd be yeah. great that'd be mm-hmm. more healthier lifestyles yeah about yeah with your face and being visible to that type of situation well, and multi, multicultural to yeah. you know well, like sure. that's yeah. that's sure important german yeah. cooking argentine cooking <laughs> lebanese cooking of course good american cooking yeah. too yeah. is really important and maybe huang you can teach me some good vietnamese dishes you can do that all day uh, you, yeah, you can hang with me and we'll do that and we'll yeah. get margie in there too yeah that'd be fun well she's gluten free i am yeah good and and i do vietnamese dishes yeah, now yeah. yeah yeah i am not personally gluten-free I don't worry about it as much, but if it's on the menu, it makes sense. I mean, yeah. there, there are good purposes behind it. Yeah. Yeah. It prevents inflammation in case you need to know. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, mm-hmm. it's true because I went gluten-free to impress her oh. so I can date her. And, oh. you know, here we are three years. Well, how, how much weight did you lose? I lost about 35 pounds being able to hold it off for mm-hmm. five, six that too. Six years, yeah. So. That too. Well, you look great. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> Way to go, Margie. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, so, your hype video that was released last week and yes. I tweeted it and I was like, hey, I need someone to verify that this is true. And so Coach George verified. He's like, yeah, this is, that's me on the video. It's verified. So your ties to President Trump. Yes. We, we don't, I mean, we think it's a positive. There's going to be quite a few people that is going to deem that as negative. Doesn't unquote. bother so, me in the okay. least. <laughs> Doesn't bother me in the least. As a matter of fact, in 2015, I uh, contacted Corey Lewandowski, who at the time was mm-hmm. with his campaign, yeah. and he had just come out and everybody discounted President Trump, or at the time it was candidate Donald J. Trump. Yeah. And, uh, they, you know, they were all leaning toward the Jeb or the Marco or Carly Fiorina or any of the others. And even in this community, and I took him to task, I was like, nope, that's not your president. Your president's going to be Donald Trump. So I called and made contact. They called me back and I had invited him to the state fair. So he could have a wide open audience. So I didn't know how many he would draw. So to do an arena, you don't know, or to do a small venue, you could have expanded bigger. So I just said, you know what? It's open air. It can go as big or as small as it it deems that it's going to happen. So I got in touch with him. He flew in on a citation because his, I think one of the wheels or the tires had blown out on his bigger jet. So he came in, we welcomed him at the hangar out of Wiley Post. And uh, he came in and spoke to the people at the state fair. And that's pretty much where it started from there. I was the co-chair of his campaign in Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. And that went into 2016 until I peeled off and did some other things. But I stayed with his campaign and just did some covert stuff um, with social media for him. And that was really a joy. It was great. And then we brought him in a couple more times for private meetings. And, uh, you know, I just had the great pleasure of of getting to know him. Um, he was always just for women's sake. He's always very respectful. Yeah. He never made untoward comments. He is not that kind of man. He is business all the way. He does not care what color, creed, gender. He doesn't care. He's all about who can move things forward in a positive way to keep America free and safe and doing all the things that really the federal government is charged with. It's charged with, you know, the liberty of our nation, which is protecting life, liberty and property. And nobody understood that better than Donald J. Trump. And I think he'll be a great president again. <laughs> I love Awesome. Yes, I am 100% for Trump. Oh, I understand great. him. Yeah. I know what he stands for. I know what he means. And he is absolutely right in his approaches. Yeah. 
keeping manufacturing coming to America, which I'd like to actually draw further to Oklahoma City. Sure. And I can do that. I'm a great promoter of good things within our community, and I think I can go out and make it happen. I can attract yeah. them here. So I'm a good cheerleader. <laughs> good. Which is what a mayor needs to be, right? Yeah, yeah. 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. Someone needs a, a, to be a cheerleader, the, the hype person, and yep. keep people motivated. Absolutely. Least, and yeah, bringing right? everybody along with me, yeah. just building a team. Yeah. But with the hype aside, I, I feel like not only that, but just a realist, just be real with the people. Absolutely. I mean, I think that we've lost that in politics yeah. in general, not just at the local level, sure. but at the, the state level and not in Oklahoma. I think we're a little bit more genuine than most, mm -hmm. but certainly at the federal level. I mean, you see a lot of talking points and scripted um, things to say and sticking with, you know, kind of trying to schmooze the people. I'm right. not that candidate. I'm 100% genuine, transparent, and I intend to bring that to the office of the mayor for Oklahoma City. I don't think it's as transparent as it should be. And there are a lot of things that go on behind the scenes. Did you know that at the state level and the federal level, we have ethics and we have ethics oversight, but we don't at the local level? Hmm. It's very important that we establish that for our cities. And I'm yeah. going to do that in Oklahoma City. No, I did not know that. Did yeah, you know no, that? I don't. All local levels, they don't really have that, but they do at the state and federal. So, yeah. yeah, our city and all cities really should have that. And I'd like to form a coalition with other conservative cities to push those initiatives forward. Yeah. I think it's important for the people to be able to. That's who we're serving. They are America. They are our communities. Mm -hmm. We are not. We're just simply the representative for them. Right. And I think that's something else that's been lost. We see this mayor trying to become a celebrity and tabbing his children as celebrities and the whole thing. Look, mm. that's not who I am. That's not who our family is. We are here to work. We are servants of the public and we have to understand our role. We answer to the boss and the bosses are the people. We're not the boss. We're not a celebrity. That's not in the job description of mayor. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yep. Uh, so do you have any sister cities that you look up to or even think that Oklahoma City should try to reach out to or emulate or maybe no. even partner with? I think that I think if I can set this thing on the right path, they should emulate us. Love mm. it. I think Oklahoma City is so unique. We sit at the crossroads of I-35 and I-40. We have the capacity. You guys, this is a small state to begin with. We only have four million people. Yeah. And if you look around the whole United States, we do it so much better than other states and cities because because that some of these cities have more than 4 million people just in the one city. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you, know, you look at Chicago, you look at D.C., you look at L.A., you look at San Francisco, you look at Portland, Seattle, who, are, who our mayor thinks are so great. Those cities are crumbling under the crushing weight of taxation. The services that they provide for social social issues, they take federal dollars that are meant to fight wildfires and they put them into social issues and they're mm -hmm. doing a terrible job. Government typically does a terrible job with social issues. <laughs> it's never been proven that they do a good job. That is for the private sector. That's for the nonprofit sector. That's for companies to come in and shore up. That's not for governments. We've got to shrink government. That's when the state, the city, the nation becomes healthier. And I intend to set my sights on that too. Yeah. As a mayor of Oklahoma City, you, we talk about the private sector and the public sector and then social issues. Mm -hmm. Would you be able to go into, let's say, a publicly funded company and elaborate on social issues that they asked you to come Absolutely. Speak to I'd be happy to do that. Yeah. I'd be happy to give them a path forward to be able to step into those vacuums and those voids. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, that's empowerment right there. Right. That is empowerment. And that's giving people the business ability to grow their business and to reach into other pockets and expand and diversify. So it's really important to be able to help them do that. Yeah. What social issues do you see just as a, as Mrs. Hefner, not mayor, but just as, as a person? As Mrs. Hefner yeah. serving on these, on yeah. these uh, committees, yeah. I see children's health. Mm. I see homelessness. I see um, failing businesses and economic yeah. uh, decline because of failing businesses. Those are the things that I think are really important right now. And of course, number one on my list is law enforcement. We've got to shore it up. We've got to give them every tool in the arsenal to be able to fight crime and to focus on crime, not focus on taking care of the homeless and doing social issues. Our mayor tried to put forth an initiative to have uh, an ordinance in the city, mask wearing ordinance, yeah. which carries with it a fine or even potentially jail time. And then on top of that, he tried to institute a mandate for vaccines in the city. Well, that's nothing less than our 
law enforcement walking around the city asking for people's papers, right? Um, looking for masks. Look, they've got enough to do just fighting crimes. They get multiple calls. Talking to Tommy Johnson today, the calls he gets. I mean, he'll be on a drug bust and he gets a call. Somebody's been shot or a home's been robbed. They have to be able to jump to all these things. They can't run around looking to see if people have masks on or check their papers for vaccines. It's completely outrageous. And so they've been stretched thin and he's attempted to stretch them even thinner for purposes that are really nonsensical, as I said before. So it's important to let them do their job and help them do their job. So law enforcement to me is at the top of the chain. Absolutely. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on the MAPS project as we're progressing? Mm -hmm. I want to compliment the very first MAPS creator, Ron Norick. Mayor Ron Norick did a fabulous job. He knew exactly what MAPS should be targeted for. MAPS is unique because it doesn't cost any more than what it costs. If you do bond issues, what that does is retroactively, there are people who take off the top to get those bond issues instituted. And then toward the end of the bond program, you actually owe more. So Mm -hmm. it's a great idea. MAPS is very unique and only a few cities in America actually have it. However, it's been abused. Mm. And it started, it was only intended to be a MAPS 1, there, and not even a 1, it was just MAPS mm-hmm. for the community. Then when we got MAPS 2 under Kirk Humphreys, yeah. and he did the MAPS for kids with all these schools, which sounded great, but after the fact, 12 or 13 schools now have been shuttered. So what happened to our money? So what do we do when the money isn't either appropriately used or something happens with the programs that it went into. We have no recourse, right? right? So MAPS 2 passes, and then we go to MAPS 3. MAPS 3 is what put in Riversport, which is a terrific attraction for downtown, but is costing us nearly $2 million a year to shore it up. That's under Cornette. That That's under, under Cornette. Yeah. That's under Cornette. That's MAPS 3. Right. Um, it also put into effect the streetcar. The streetcar, if you go down there, I've monitored that for couple of years now. And I get, I, I mean, now people are reporting back to me routinely. I'm down here all day. This is where I work. I've seen one person today. And they give them for free, the, like to get people on board. He'll just give it away for free. And I'm like that, if it's not a revenue generator, I, we can't have it in this city. People don't care. It's like an amusement park, right? It just goes kind of in a circle and it ding-dings. But you know what it also does? It's caused bicycle accidents. There's a lawsuit against the city right now over a bicycle accident because of that groove. Yeah. And then also it's taken away parking, which is valuable downtown Mm. for people. They can't park in those lanes where that thing runs. So it's eliminated parking. It's also hampered traffic and it's hampered business. If you can't park where the business is, because it's limited parking, people move on somewhere else and they go outside the, the city core to go find the service or the retail that they're looking for. So it's not helping our downtown to have that there. And under my administration as mayor, I would look at taking the trolley off the rails. Wow. But um, also with regard to Scissortail Park, Scissortail Park is beautiful for our city. Sure. But remember, it's not a revenue generator. So when you take property... And the city owns it, just like the state owning property or the federal government owning property. There's no taxation and there is no revenue. Mm. Revenue drivers are owned by private business. And you take property away, they can't own businesses there. Now we've got a beautiful scissor tail park and we're having to shore that up to multiple millions a year as well. It exists. It's not going anywhere. Same thing with River Sport. But that trolley is $5 million a year and growing every year. So to take that $5 million back and funnel it to where it should be would be a big help. But we've got other areas that we need to look at. We've got committees across the city that should have been doing their job and identifying revenue generators. That's something else I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to help the developers of this city and I'm going to help the commercial real estate builders of this city so that they can jump into these areas and make it happen because we need revenue generated and we need for the infrastructure to speak and support that. While we're on revenue generation, I'm going to I'm just going to put an idea out there. I'm not expecting you to know anything about it, sure. but uh, something that is coming up in some other cities, uh, particularly some some conservative cities mm-hmm. that are actually embracing cryptocurrencies yeah. in their cities. So Miami coin is one of them where Miami is actually moving to being almost a tax free city and the city operating itself almost entirely based on that their own coin um, is that's something you'd be interested in looking at for Oklahoma City? I would like City? to look into that because at the very beginning of the crypto craze, 
It's kind of what it is. Yeah. I was very unsure about that. And I thought, okay, this is crazy. It's not based <laughs> on the gold standard. There's just air. And I don't really understand that. Yeah. Um, now, granted, we print money that's paper <laughs> and the it's not, it's paper, right? right so right. it's kind of, when you really put it together, it's kind of the same thing, but yeah. not really. Um, but our family, my dad's a big believer in cryptocurrency and he's okay. bought in at different, different ones. Um, but when it comes to a city establishing their own crypto, I don't know. And, and I really haven't investigated that. I'm glad you brought it up because I would like to look into that. Yeah, my, Miami coin is the one. And it, it really no. comes down to, I think Oklahoma City has such a strong community. Yeah. And these, these coins are meant to kind of build that community, like build on top of already strong communities. Okay. So people that want to promote what the city is doing or want to buy in to even certain particular projects. It'd be like taking maps almost and crowdfunding it from people saying, okay, if you purchase this token, you almost own a piece of this project. But you're saying individual projects, which I like. You know, Maps 4, when Holt came up with it, none of these were, were integrated to each other. They, no. were all, they were 16, just unconnected different projects. Yeah. And so they did that, or he did that, to make sure that everybody had one thing that they liked, so they'd vote in the other 15. Well, of those projects, a majority of them were social projects. Mm -hmm. That is not what MAPS was created to do. MAPS is created for infrastructure. MAPS is created to physically build the city and improve its accessibility, walkability, the buildings that support the things that we need to grow the city. And, you know, looking back, I wish we had MAPS way back in the 30s and 40s when we weren't all alive. Mm -hmm. But the very first Mayor Hefner, who served for two terms, mm -hmm. he was first a Supreme Court justice after serving as the mayor of Ardmore. And then he left the bench to run for Oklahoma City mayor and was mayor for two terms. During that time, he was the one who established Lake Hefner. And yeah. then everything kind of dovetailed off of that, right? Yeah. So they just kind of started naming everything and the Hefner Parkway and Hefner Street and <laughs> Hefner School. And I don't know what else. Um, I don't take credit for that. Neither does my husband, Robert Hefner IV. <laughs> but he did a great thing for the city because without the water resource, Right. Yeah. We couldn't have grown a city. And that's what we had to battle right. to get that done. But those are the things that a maps should be doing. Those are exactly the things that we should be focused on. And I don't know that I would scrap maps. We're going to have to look at that. But the problem with maps four is people should have been able to vote on those projects independently mm -hmm. of one another. Mm -hmm. That would have been fair. And that would have been right to the people mm -hmm. because a number of the people that were that maps really there were only 14,000 people that came out and voted for maps. Uh -huh. Yeah. What is our voting base? We have nearly 400,000 registered voters in Oklahoma City. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And just, I mean, not even a percent showed up to vote. Mm -hmm. right. And they said it won overwhelmingly. Well, actually, it didn't. Yeah. It was just yeah. a very small people that, a number of people that they turned out to support a couple of projects, actually. And the rest of the people were just like, what? They were so confused as to why there were 16. Um, the the new arena down at the at the state fair, that is exactly what we should be, be building, that sort yeah. of thing. And yeah. repairing, refurbishing, improving what we've already got. Those things matter. But social services, no. And I would like to see a program where we could vote on things independently so your crypto idea could be very influential there because people get to put into the program that they care about. Mm -hmm. And that's what our community should be doing is focusing mm -hmm. in the electorate and the people and the citizens on the things that they feel that we need. And they need to be explained to properly what these projects are, how much they cost, revenue generated, future of the project, what it intends to do for the economics of the city. The city should not be taking part in anything that does not accelerate maintain, but mostly accelerate the economics of the city. That is what we should be doing. Perfect. Yeah. No, absolutely. Because then you're returning that to the people that come in and say, yes. yeah, we're invested in that. Yeah. We'll put yes. our so money towards it. I would like it. to look yeah. into the crypto. Maybe we'll make a little trip down to Miami and talk to them about Perfect. it. Perfect. Sounds or good. Or they can come up here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They yeah. should come up here. We've got a much better city. <laughs> yeah, we got a cool new terminal. We just don't have a beach. Right? Right? No. Yeah. Right, right. Can't do anything about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to plug my wife because if you ever did want to talk about crypto, she, she, knows, yeah, she knows a lot. She's connected into the crypto Marga, spaces. Margie, you and me will have a talk. Okay, great. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. I would. I would love it. Yeah, Absolutely. I'm. I'm really looking for ways to make our city actually step away from like taxes as a base of revenue generation. Absolutely right. And, and you so, know, I, I think you know the taxation with regard to maps, even though they keep saying it's just a penny and it would just maintain the penny, it's now become a permanent tax. Yeah, and that's mm -hmm. something that bothers me greatly. I yeah. think that, that it was never intended to do that. Right. Uh, but I like the maps 
model, mm-hmm. but there has to be a way to do that. So we will yep. be discussing that intensely Got with it. my administration. Got it. Yeah. Yes. And that's, that was the perfect target, I felt like, for something like this, for cryptocurrency okay. to handle. So yes, perfect. I love it. <laughs> I had to get it in. I had to. Thank you. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's awesome. What advice would you give your younger self about, let's say, 15, 20 years ago? You know, I, I haven't been asked that question 15, 20 years ago. I think I would now congratulate myself That's awesome. because I was doing something that I didn't even know I was doing. I was raising a healthy family along with my husband. When we met, he said, I just want a whole healthy family because his family wasn't. And that's something that's been part of my fabric of my background and my family. And I said, well, you mean people aren't whole and healthy families? <laughs> I was like, absolutely, we can do that. So we raised five children and had, well, one in heaven is our ambassador. And honestly, I can't take credit all the way because I think God really set that in motion. Mm-hmm. And I rely heavily on my faith. And I understand who I am and whose I am and that he uniquely fit me for the tasks that he put before me. And I guess without even knowing, I was just really obedient. And I set my focus on raising my family, serving my community in nonprofit ways and giving of my time. I have not earned money doing those things. I gave of my life to make sure that this community was stronger for my serving in it, not only with my family, but with those different charities and organizations that I've given my time to. Mm. And it's been a blessing in my life ever since. I cannot say I regret one single second of it. It's been wonderful. And my kids are wonderful. And my grandkids are fantastic. And it's not been without tragedies, obviously. But, you know, you pick yourself up and you see where the Lord's leading next. And you step into that. And it all goes okay, amazingly. (laughs) So, Yeah. 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 I love the energy in this room. I love the energy that you bring. My question is, what's a project or something you failed at and what did you learn from it and how did it make you better? Oh, my goodness. Um, you know, I think that early on, this is way early on, when I was in my first year at Louisiana State University, I went to school and I only got to go there because I wanted to go away to school. And my dad said, you can only go somewhere where we get in-state tuition because he is a penny pincher. He is very frugal. And he happened to have a business down there. So I got in-state tuition. So that was where I got to go. Okay. Um, but during that year, I just didn't understand the strength of strong study. And there's a beach nearby. So, you know, I went down there and that one year I made a really low grade point average. And it just taught me that you cannot neglect and you can't walk away from your job and the things that are put before you. And my job was to be a student and I did not do that. But, you know, as far as regretting anything, I don't regret anything Mm. because I, I would say I've had the backing of strong parents and incredible siblings and incredible extended family. And they always keep you straight. And that's the beauty of a big family. And, you know, I just encourage people. I know that there are some of my friends that are younger friends that say, you know, we don't want to have a family. And I know it takes a lot to raise kids today. But it's really important because the bonds and the ability to forward momentum our future is so incredible. And I'm watching it unfold now. But, you know, again, I just don't know that I regret anything or right. if there's anything that I mean, I, I'm sure I failed at a lot of things. And sure. sometimes I feel that I failed in parenting at times. Mm-hmm. But I just know that there's always tomorrow. Yeah. And you can always redeem those situations. That's great. And, you know, just never look back, always look forward and look into those people who can help you move forward because they have the wisdom and the knowledge. And wisdom is a very powerful thing. There are a lot of smart people in the world, but those aren't necessarily the people that you need to tap into. You need to tap into the people who are wise. Yeah. The wisdom is where it's at. I like that. You use the word bond. And to me, when... I talk to people, I speak with people, word is bond to me. So when you say you're going to do something, I actually expect you to do it. And if you don't, it's a big letdown to me. Mm -hmm. What does loyalty mean to you? Oh my gosh, loyalty is so important. And it's important not just within your family, Mm -hmm. but it's within your politics. And granted, I'm not a politician. I have not ever served as a politician and I don't intend to continue to serve as a politician. But loyalty is important to the people that you serve, whether it is your family or the people that you're standing up for. So if you're saying that you're going to be loyal to an organization, be loyal. If you say you're going to be loyal to a group of people, be loyal. 
If you say you're going to be loyal to the people of this city, as I say I'm going to be, I've got to be loyal Mm -hmm. and I've got to stand on my word. And, you know, there was a day when we did business with a handshake. My dad still does that. And he trusts that people are going to step up and he he does get let down sometimes. Now, I'm a person that says, no, let's get it all in writing. (laughs) You know, I mean, there's no reason not to. Right. Sure. And in a a world of litigation today, it's just better to do that. And everybody knows where they stand. And once you have a contract, people know they're they're unique part in the in the agreement mm-hmm. and so they follow suit and that helps with the loyalty yeah. but you know i'm just different than that i do believe that when i say i'm going to do something i do it and i believe in transparency and i've got nothing to hide yeah. i'm 100 percent out there and everybody's known me for my whole life and i think that they trust me because they've seen me in action and i haven't changed my stance on anything mm-hmm. i believe in what we can be and who we've traditionally been as a conservative city and state and yeah. people come here from all over the country now to escape those places that aren't like that and then they get here and they go huh you guys are looking a little purple are you moving blue and i've gotten that comment so many times from people from california people from the west coast and east coast yeah and it's uniquely because of this mayor and what he's mm. doing and the people in his office, specifically Steve Hill, who's a big Bernie Sanders lover. I mean, they just work very, very hard to keep shoving this this city to the left side. And I'm not going to allow that to happen. We got to regain our footing. Yeah. Well, I, when I look at social media and I see things, I feel like it's almost emotional manipulation, which is not the way to mess with. But isn't beings. it all about the feels today and how I feel? <laughs> no, it should not. It should be the reality. And I'd like yeah. to let people see what the truth is and what the sure. reality is yeah. and what they can do to move the needle in a more positive way, right. rather than them always being harangued by this, oh, we're victims and oh, how terrible and all the complaining. And that's one thing that I don't believe in. I don't believe in complaining without bringing a solution. I'm a fix it kind of girl. My Mm. kids always know that I'm going to fix it. If they bring me a problem, my husband brings me a problem. My go to immediately is how can I fix this? Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm all about. And I love doing it. I love when I'm successful at it. Sometimes I'm not. So sometimes I fail there, too. Sure. But there's always tomorrow, because as long as my feet are on the ground, I'm alive and I'm vertical. I'm going to get it done. (laughs) Wow. Slogan right there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get it done. I am going to get working. it done. Yeah, I like it. I, like it. I mean, and there yeah. are enough people in this city who know how to get anything done. If I don't know how, yes. I'm going to tap into that. Yes. Right. Yeah. I think people um, sometimes forget that, like how much of those connections really do make a difference. Absolutely. And then they try to tackle it. And I'm guilty of it sometimes to tackle it all yourself or try to do it all yourself. But uh, tapping into those connections that you have and the people that are really good and talented in the areas that maybe you're not or that you need, sure, it's the way to go. You it know, really Andrew is. Carnegie from way back before I was alive yeah. mm-hmm. is another idol of mine. Somebody that I look up to as a mentor, you know, he couldn't read and write. Right. So he Correct. brought people in. You have to be able to identify what you're not good at. Yeah. And nobody is good at everything. <laughs> and certainly I'm not. I'm Nobody's perfect. And I will say right off the top, I'm not. But I will find those people who are perfect in their endeavors that mm-hmm. I am not and bring them in. And it's my joy to work with people like that. It's easy to work with people like that because to to be able to learn from or know that there's somebody that that knows how to do something that you can't is really fun. Yeah. And so and there are plenty of people out there in our community they're so so talented and they haven't been tapped into. Another thing that Mayor Holt did is when we needed to staff the Scissortail Park and I can't remember I think it was 40 positions. We had tons of people from this area apply for those jobs. Did they get them? The majority of those jobs went to West Coast kids mm-hmm. and he brought them in. Why? We have plenty of talent right here. Mm-hmm. We need to be employing our own people. We mm-hmm. need to be building the jobs and building families based on what we've got right here. Doesn't mean that we can't tap into knowledge elsewhere, yeah. but we've got the people in the workforce right here yeah. and we need to make that happen. So I intend to really tackle that. Mm. I like it. Yeah. Margie? 
I think, yeah, I, well, I'm just happy to have you here. That's really just your joy. Yeah. And we just enjoy your presence here. The and the energy is great. Well, I hope amazing. I can bring that energy yeah. and just let it flood over the city. Because I do know that is one of my strong suits is helping people and encouraging, you know, being the Barnabas and getting sure. people involved and getting them motivated and running and knowing where they uniquely fit in. Because we built a framework in the city. But we haven't put the puzzle pieces in, right? Yes. Sure. Yeah. So, and they're not fitting together right. It's time to get everybody. Everybody is a puzzle piece. Whether you're big or you're small, mm-hmm. you're needed to make the picture whole. Yeah. And so what I want to do is I want to make sure that we identify all those different areas where we're in need and make sure that they fit together properly. And that is something that hasn't been done well in this city. And it's time that we do it because we're growing. Yeah. Now, we don't want to be... The big city that can't do it well. We've got to be the big city that has a forward progress in the right way so that when we get there, we're absolutely put together properly. That will matter in the years to come. And so I intend to really tackle that too. Yeah. So you talk about enthusiasm and bringing in this energy. We live in downtown Oklahoma City Mm -hmm. and we, I personally feel like energy is low. Mm -hmm. And people are disillusioned. Disillusioned maybe isolated always on their cell phones we go to the dog park we talk to people and mm-hmm. yet they're still kind of standoffish on their cell phones etc my my question is how how are you going to keep motivating people how are you going to bring the energy even when you don't have the energy to do it <laughs> oh my goodness that's a great question and i'm sure that i will visit that as i go <laughs> but you know i think that making appearances and making meaningful town hall stops right. where people can show up and be heard I think in this city, a lot of people feel like they're just not heard. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is unfair and that is not the way a city should be run. People need to be able to appear in person with one another, connect again. And we need to teach them how to do that, particularly the younger ones that are given all the technology. Mm -hmm. And I see that with my own grandkids. You know, I mean, they have a phone and they're on the phone. And whether you're just playing games or you're doing something for school or you're just talking to your friends, I mean, it's an easy go to. Sure. And I think social media is a huge benefit, yeah. but it can be a detriment to people's lives. Sure. Same yeah. thing when I was in television. I felt the same way. Television is a great medium, but it also can disconnect. So you have to find that that balance. And I love doing that. But the younger generation, like I said, the children are the future. And we have to help them to understand how to manage technology, how to manage their lives, how to go forward, help the parents to help them. Mm. So that's kind of something I'd like to be working with for sure now, as mayor. You use the word boundaries, and I'm going to mm-hmm. relate that word to when I coach boys competitive soccer, I'm the coach. Here's my team. You're, you guys are playing for me. Yeah. My parents, when they were parents, they they weren't my friends. They were my parents. Right. right? They were direct. And when I work at Chesapeake, my boss is my boss. I'm I'm not her friend. She knows that and I know that. And so there's boundaries there. When you become the mayor. Yes. You're I feel like you're a realist. I am. Right. And so there's gonna be people who you hurt their feelings because you didn't say, Hey, it's okay. <laughs> so How are you going to separate that? What's that boundary? How are you going to define that? Well, you know, what the mayor does is we set vision. This is, this city is run by a city manager. So what I, my job is, is to preside over the horseshoe and the city council, bring logical, realistic, and proper vision to the city and to making those decisions. When it comes to people that, that work within the framework of the city, say developers, for example, right now, they can't get permits through. It's been mm-hmm. just a backlog. Um, they have to do all sorts of their inspections virtually. You can't inspect a building virtually. It's impossible. We need to get back to in-person. Mm-hmm. But these people understand, I think most people that work within business, that not everything flows perfectly. And when you've got a, an individual in charge, we're all flawed, right? Yep. We're born that way. 100. So yeah. I'm not going to say everything right. But my intention is to hear you and to understand where you're coming from. And then when it doesn't dovetail with the outward, you know, the outlook that we're trying to achieve as a city together, I think that it's important to explain that to them and get them to understand how they can maybe massage or modify the way they think to maybe come alongside and join up. I think that that is really the position to come to. But there are going to be a lot of people in my ear telling me how to do it better, right? Yeah. and yeah. every one of them have a seat at the table until until they get 
nuts or something. Until they you don't. Know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Or they threaten <laughs> other people or they do something that is untoward because we don't have any room for that in any city right. and definitely not in Oklahoma City. That's not our culture. Right. Our, cult- our culture is one of basically Judeo-Christian and people working together and supporting one another. And so people, when they come to me or they come to discuss issues, they need to come with that particular perspective in mind. Mm-hmm. And I think then we can get things going. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Last question, how would you like to be remembered? You know, the best thing, and without getting emotional about this, the best thing that I can be remembered as is a great mom. Mm -hmm. Um, Setting a tone for my children, particularly my daughters and my granddaughters, how a woman conducts herself properly and with graciousness Mm -hmm. and with dignity. My mother did a great job setting that forward for me. And she passed a few years back um, unexpectedly. And so I seek to honor her memory and I seek to honor what I do in light of what my kids will remember because their lives are what will go on for eternity for me. The city, you know, mayors come and go. Uh, People who serve on boards come and go. Committees come and go. Uh, Just those sorts of things are temporal and not exactly lasting memories of a person. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that people who serve should seek that. I think that that is not the point. It's a proper passing of the baton and leadership for a time, and then you move on. And I, I just think that what I leave for my family and what I leave in my family and invested in my family is gonna be my greatest legacy. And wow. so far it's proving true now, and I couldn't be more honored to be alive and watching it, so. wow. We're absolutely honored oh, and delighted. No. <laughs> that's great. That's that's great. Um, how how do we or our listeners and viewers get in touch with you? Um, go to my website. By the way, it's hefnerformayor.com. That's hefner h e f one f hefnerformayor.com. Tap into my website. Sign up to volunteer. Sign up to give to this campaign. It is very short. And remember, the election is February eighth. Mm-hmm. That was established many many years ago in a terrible way. And what it does is it disenfranchises many voters. And so we need to be very focused on that, particularly in the conservative tank, because the others know about it and they get pushed a lot to get to the to the polls in Mm -hmm. untoward ways. Mm -hmm. But we need to be there to vote, to keep this city moving forward in a conservative viewpoint so that we can be established for the people who need to come here to seek safe haven, low taxes, uh, good business practices and openness here. Yeah. So it's important now, more important than ever, but go to ma- um, hefnerformayor.com. And um, and I just welcome you guys all to visit me uh-huh. and let's get this thing going together. Let's link arms. Nobody can afford to be the weak link. That's one of our sayings in our family. Ooh. So same thing for the city. I like it. Mm-hmm. Do you have any social media? Facebook. I do. I'm on Facebook okay. and it's Carol Hefner for OKC Mayor. Okay. Um, you can go to my personal Facebook, which is just Carol Corey Hefner, C-O-U-R-Y, Carol Corey Hefner. Um, I'm on Instagram okay. and uh, not doing Twitter. <laughs> so if y'all see something come through from Twitter, it's not me. As a matter of fact, I was hacked, I think, yesterday on Instagram. And oh. I was just going out there. I guess this thing was just going out there going, hello, how are you? Oh. And, you know, to my good friends or my family, they're like, that's not her. Oh. Yeah. So uh, just expect that, especially um, I think that the left uses that more as a tactic. Mm. We're more forthcoming as conservatives. We don't do that to other people. Right. But if you see things that are untoward, just know where it's coming from. And it's because I'm strong and they know I'm coming and I'm going to leave this city. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, thank you for joining us on the podcast. Project 30 at 10. The house My like pleasure. Built. Thank we you. appreciate it. Enjoy the coffee. Enjoy the swag. And- yes. We look forward to seeing you guys again. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Okay. Thank you so much for tuning into Defining Moments Podcast. We appreciate your feedback. We appreciate your time, the time that you took to listen to their guest and their story. Any feedback you have will be greatly welcome. Improvements, critical thoughts, please let us know. Be brutally honest because that's how we like it. Enjoy your day, stay undefeated. We appreciate your support to Defining Moments Podcast. A good friend of mine once told me the best one out there is the one having the most fun, and he's exactly right, and that's exactly what we're doing. We're having the most fun. Why? Because we can and we want to. Find us on social media, Twitter, 
at Def Moments Pod. That's at DEF Moments Pod on Instagram, Facebook at Defining Moments Podcast. Take us on the go from iHeartRadio to Spotify, all the way to YouTube. Search Defining Moments Podcast. Check out our swag at DefiningMomentsPod.com. We have a merchandise store, a lot of great stuff. Follow us on social media. We love to do giveaways. Why? Because we're undefeated. Have a good day.